Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Bio, and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi, welcome to an episode of Melting Pot. In today's episode, I would like to introduce Julia Seren. Did I get the name right? It's Julia Chan Seren. My Chan- name has two words, but okay. it's really weird and don't worry about it. It's okay. Okay, so I'm going to try <laughs> so again. just Julia. Just Julia. Okay, yeah, no. Julia but, okay, Julia. Fine. <laughs> so Julia is the co-founder of Sideways Cafe, which is a delightful little cafe with a... It's, it's got a completely retro feel to it. <laughs> I mean, that's the impression I uh, get when I'm in there. And um, also the in terms of the location, it's in Little India, which is a very popular district in Singapore. So, Julia, thank you for joining me today, and I'm really looking forward to our chat. Um, I would like to begin with obviously getting to know you better before we nosedive into chatting about Sideways and whatever else is brewing with your group. So, over to you. So, um, what to say? Besides having a very complicated name, which is actually nothing more than a traditional Italian surname, so it's hard even for Italians, trust me. Um, but yeah, so I'm originally Italian, clearly. Um, the name gives it away. I've been, I've always been dreaming about living abroad because I think traveling is nice. But it's by living abroad that you really do get to experience and immerse yourself in another culture. So ever since I was in in high school, I think, I've always been trying to learn as many languages as I could and take as many trips as I could just to create these experiences for me that would take me to live out of Italy. It's not so much having something against Italy is more of being curious about what I haven't experienced. Yeah. So the first country that I moved to was France. When I was 16 years old, I spent a summer in France in um, Cannes, where the film festival is held, mm-hmm. working in a, in a shoe shop similar to a Charles and Keith type of thing, mm-hmm. um, but a local French shoes chain. On, selling what street? Shoes. On what street was it? 
Ah, oh, gosh, I can't remember anymore. Was it but it was the Was it the main street? Yes, Antibes? it was. A, okay. I think it was the Rue d'Antibes, the, yeah, the main, yeah, the like, main shopping, shopping street. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was there. So I, I went there with just two years of school French, which is really not great. Um, and I could barely say good morning and good evening properly because, you know, French people are very peculiar with the pronunciation, which is great, which means that anything you say, you should say it right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was my first job abroad, and then since since then I've always had this like travel slash living abroad bug of okay, where can I live next? Um, so then I got to Singapore through Malaysia, Estonia, and Malta. So what were you doing in <laughs> Malaysia? And well, Estonia. So was it that way, or was it Malta, Estonia, was it, Malaysia? It, it was okay. So then I. I spent my university years in Italy. Okay. I yeah. wanted to study abroad, but then I didn't get accepted into the university that I was looking at. So I was a bit sad. So my plan B was to then just stay in Italy because university is free anyway. So it was easy to do. And then as soon as I graduated, I moved to Malta, mm -hmm. inspired mostly by sunshine because my university was in the rainiest city of Italy. So then I just wanted to live in a place where it doesn't rain much. Right. So I just moved to Malta. Right. Obviously. Yeah. You know, as one does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So then I stayed in Malta for about six months. Mm -hmm. um, and then I came back to Italy for a short while. I moved to Estonia soon after. And then from Estonia, I convinced the company that I was working for, that was from Tallinn, to allow me to work remotely from Malaysia. Right. Um, with the excuse that we had customers and users in Malaysia, I just I just sold them this idea that I would run their events and community and basically just do a better job from Malaysia. Right. And they surprisingly said yes, and they were actually very supportive of, of that. And so that's how I moved to Malaysia. And then when they realized the potential that was in Southeast Asia, then that's when they proposed to relocating me to Singapore so that I could set up an office for the company in Singapore. Okay. Since Singapore is is better suited for, I think, an international business to right. have a subsidiary in. Right. Um, so that's how I got to Singapore. Nice. And then I haven't left yet. <laughs> and how many years ago was this? <laughs> that was around four years ago. Four years. So when did um, Sideways happen? So Sideways happened last year. As a result of, really, it was a bit of a rush decision. So me and my partner used to run a cafe in Arab Street in the in the Arab neighborhood. Okay. Um, and it was doing well, and we were already plenty busy. But then the opportunity came up to take over the sideways space, and the space was just so beautiful we couldn't say no. Even though, usually, what happens is that. You first start by developing a restaurant concept, and then you find a venue, and then you secure the contract, and then you get investors, and then you open. Right. We started by just having the venue right. and everything else to figure out. <laughs> so did you... <laughs> yeah, well, that's that. I yeah. mean, but there's no gain without a risk, right? Of course. And I mean, if you sort of, if you liked the space and figured that there's a lot you could do with it then it made sense to just yeah. grab it before someone yeah. else did. Exactly. That's, that's so, what we thought. And also, you know, we, we just looked at the space and the space has this 
amazing 100 years old um, exposed brick interior it's very mm -hmm. rustic it used to be a um a club okay with a restaurant upstairs but we're talking five plus years ago so okay. a really really long time ago okay. and then it's been empty, empty for a long time sadly um, so then when we moved in, the space was completely bare, save for some really old and really, really dusty um, kitchen equipment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's all that was in the space. But right. then we saw how big the space was and we just started dreaming about all the amazing things that could be built inside. Right. So then right. we just couldn't say no to it. So um, it's a wood-fired concept, right? Yes. So did you have to then... Uh, build that whole area where the, the you know the cooking happens or was it already there so the area used to be a kitchen however okay. it was a much smaller kitchen okay and it was a kitchen for more of a Japanese barbecue restaurant concept okay um, so there was this massive iron grill that uh -huh. we didn't need mm -hmm. um, and also where the oven is now we're just a passageway to the toilet but it was a lot of square meters just wasted in a in, in, in a hallway. Basically. Right, right. So what we thought is that we would change the shape of the restaurant and the bar and that would double the size of the kitchen. So then we had to build everything from scratch. Almost. Right, yeah. right. So um, what, how do you, I mean, does all your cooking happen, um, all, at least all your hot food, is it all done in this wood-fired oven or do you have a separate grill or oven or whatever? So we have a stove. You have a stove. Because the only okay. thing we can't make in the oven is, I think, poached eggs, you know, for right. breakfast. <laughs> and we need like a little gas stove to like stir fry things right. and right. boil water in case we want to make some pasta or some right. anything else. Right. Uh, but no, 90% of our cooking goes through, goes through the wood-fired oven. So what I've noticed is that there's no, um, you know, there's no typical smell when you're in a space which has um, a wood-fired oven. So how do you prevent that smell from permeating into the rest of the restaurant? Because it's really open, you know, um, there's no kind of, there's no closed door or anything. So you can actually see the oven. So yeah. how do you prevent the smell from, you know, just permeating into the rest into the walls of the restaurant um funny you should say that because i don't smell the smell of the wood fired oven anymore but i know that because i'm right? used to it because yeah. i'm in yeah. there every day but yeah. then my friends when they come in they go like whoa really smells like an oven here huh and i'm like no i don't smell it um so apparently my friends say that the place does have a peculiar smell even when the I'm place is not because i open. don't really get it i don't know some people say that they can yeah. smell the aroma right others don't um but obviously the oven is not just um it's connected to an exhaust fan right. that then sucks out the well the smoke and the smell from the oven to outside. Okay. So that removes a big part of the smell. Okay. But then when we open the oven door to, for example, when we bake and yeah. then we, we leave the oven closed for an hour and then we open it all of a sudden, then, then you always have yeah. like a little bit of smoke that escapes. Yeah. But we don't see it as a problem. 
um, it's more of a it's more of a, an authenticity stamp, so to say, because right. you know then people get to see the real oven, the real right. fire, the real smoke. Right. Because right. a lot of other places they say that they have a wood fired oven when really what they do have is that they have a pizza shaped oven, mm-hmm. but then it's like gas powered. Hmm. So it's no. not wood fired. So it's. You know, it's fine. It still cooks food. Yeah. However, the flavor and the method is that it, it does make quite a difference. Hmm. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, so, do, does your staff need to have any kind of uh, like special training to be able to work the oven? Because how do you get the consistency of? I'm going to come to your menu and all of that. But how do you get to the consistency of the food? You know, um, uh, like how much is too little in the oven? How long is too much in the oven? So how? I mean, there has to be a balance, right? Yes. Definitely. So, so do, does your um, the people who are with you in the kitchen do they have a, a special training or? Are they already trained when they come to you? You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So most of them do have some experience in other kitchens before, okay. but obviously since they, most of, most of them have never cooked with a wood fire. Yeah, yeah. So obviously everyone has to be trained on that. Um, we're lucky that our team has been with us for a very, very long time. Our main chef, Falina, she's been with us for more than a year, which for F&B is like a record time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other three people in the kitchen have been with us for like many months. So now they're, they're okay. And actually working with a wood-fired oven is simpler than one would expect because you very simply control the heat and the pace of the fire by opening or closing the door. So we have a thermometer that indicates what temperature is inside, and then we can obviously see the flames, and then by regulating the quantity of wood and the how open is the door, Mm -hmm. then we can get the fire to be bigger Mm -hmm. or get the oven to be hotter. So it's a simple principle, really, because, yeah. you know, fire yeah. is a combustion that happens with oxygen. So if yeah. you cut up the oxygen, then yeah. it just yeah. dies down. And then yeah. if you open it back up, then yeah. it fires up again. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, they have to learn, obviously, but yeah. it's, it's okay. Yeah. And actually, even the the consistency or the fact that it's not the same every time, again... We're not trying to be McDonald's. And, you know, while obviously we do have recipes and procedures for everything, it's it's okay that not every bread loaf comes out of the oven looking the same. Because it's not machine-made. It's all, like, handmade. In fact, that's so what probably makes it more more interesting. Yeah, you know, and different, that, really. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in, in a country like Singapore, where everything is mass-produced and exactly the same and made in large volumes, I think it's, it's, it's almost beautiful to find things that aren't so perfect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. It's more than when you're at the cafe, you have a more, you know, personal touch to it as well. Yeah. More like, you know, your, I mean, 
you're at home, for example, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Where everything doesn't really come out the same every time. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. So, um, Julia, tell us about the menu. What do you have on your menu? The colds, you know, and, and um, the, your cold starters, your appetizers, the hot um, dishes that you have. Um, do you change your menu, um, like, at all? Or is it consistently the same? Um, you know, just what are your specials? Um, what is it that you really... I mean, you know, when you haven't had a meal at home and you decide to go eat at the cafe... Is there something which that is you... every day? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> almost every day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so then I shall retract my <laughs> question. But yeah, so tell us something about the food. Yeah, I'd love to. So we built the oven because we love bread. Okay, and because there was no other bread in Singapore, no other place in Singapore that can make bread as good as me and my partner like it. So we said, well, you know what? We're going to build our own oven since he, he actually designed the oven himself because he was so set on making the best bread possible that mm -hmm. he wasn't happy with just buying an oven off the shelf. He was like, oh, buying an oven is for lazy people. I'm going to make my own. <laughs> um, and, and so he did. He, he bought all the materials and he engineered the oven in a special way um, so that we can bake well. How um, baking oven work is that they have a steam valve okay. where um, steam is like sprayed through when the bread is baking, apparently. I'm not a baker, so okay. I might be wrong, right. but um, right. there's some steam involved. Um, the good thing with our oven is that since it's built with file bricks, which retain a lot of moisture and then it's double or triple insulated with other materials the humidity stays inside so the bread bakes in the oven and rises quite a lot on its own okay. without any extra steam that needs that to, needs to be yeah, added yeah, yeah. so, so you, that's a good thing so, so we basically just build the oven for bread okay because we were like we love bread I love bread, so I'm, I'm Italian, so I'll, I'll, I need to have bread <laughs> of course, course. Yeah. Um, so we build the oven for bread, and then we just thought, okay, what, what goes well with bread? Mm -hmm. But also, you know, what's a place where we would like to go that's missing in Singapore? Right. What's, what's something that we would enjoy? Right. What's something we would enjoy ourselves? You know, because there's probably, if we enjoy it, there's probably a lot of people that have the same opinion as us. So that's why our menu, we created it all around these uh, small plates to be to be shared with people. So tapas style. Yes, tapas yeah, style, pretty yeah. much. Because okay. so, that's, that's what we like doing when we go out. We like going out and eating five different things yeah. and then sharing all the food so that you can try a lot of it. Yeah. And then everything goes with bread, everything goes with, you know, wine or sparkling water or mocktails. Um, but everything is like shared and fun. So that's... That's our style. That's the idea that we started with when we developed the menu. Um, we didn't want to be one cuisine or the other. It's hard because then everyone's asking, oh, but what cuisine is this? And we really don't know how to answer. <laughs> um, we say it's Australian just because Australian is kind of like anything goes and in a bit right. of a melting pot of But also Mediterranean, cultures. right? Yes. 
However, when we first started, we used the word being Mediterranean, but then people were expecting kebabs and, and hummus. So when you say, I think, Mediterranean in Singapore, people expect more of the Middle Eastern Ah, the Mediterranean. Right, right. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's interesting. I know. Yeah. So, like yeah. the Mediterranean label didn't really work with okay. us. So then you so switch if we have to, to say, honestly, if we have to say, <laughs> yeah. and now we just say it's like with fire, and we say it's it's fusion. creative, it's fusion. But then yeah. when you think about fusion, you think about something that's like not here nor there, and it's not very tasty. So even fusion is not the word that we like. Um, but yeah, but I guess that, you know, obviously we drew our inspirations from the places that we're from and from the places that we've been. Right. So I'm, I'm Italian and I've traveled in Europe a lot. My, probably my favorite, my favorite cuisine in the world is Greek. Mm. Yeah, I just love Greek yeah. food. Yeah. Um, well, my partner, he's born in Singapore, raised in Australia, has traveled a lot in Asia and South America. So we both bring like a little bit of what we love to so different to sideways, really. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. really every time we travel, we add new items to the menu. Nice. Yeah. Because nice. every time we travel and then we go like, oh, that's nice. We're going to add some cumin now to this or some, I don't know, some red pepper to that. Um, so that's really where inspiration comes from, from traveling and then from just coming home and wanting to share that food with our friends right right hmm. interesting so what's on your menu this month or oh, it does it change every month it doesn't or you change just... every month okay. but we do usually have a couple of special that are on a monthly basis okay yeah. so, so we have like a kind of a 80 percent fixed menu right that's been there for i think bit longer than six months okay. yeah um but then we always like to have specials and then desserts we also always have like specials on dessert because um i love making ice cream mm, so nice. i usually make like a different flavor every week because i love like experimenting and making crazy stuff yeah so this week we have popcorn ice cream popcorn ice cream yes Ooh, yes okay. it's like ice cream with popcorn yeah with more popcorn on top right that's really yummy okay um, with like caramel sauce right that's really nice um and then we have i'm working on some focaccia okay we're working on it it's not a hundred percent perfect but you know if you come by we'll we'll give you a taste Okay, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so where do you source all your ingredients and, you know, um, whatever you need um, for your cooking? Yeah. Does it all come from within Singapore or do you have suppliers from, you know, other yeah. parts of Asia? I would love to get everything from Singapore, honestly. But yeah. as, as you probably know, it's not really possible to source everything everything locally right we try to get our veggies from as nearby as possible so right. from i would say most of it is from singapore and malaysia okay and we try to get our meat from trusted small suppliers and try to get our meat to be chilled okay and never and never frozen, frozen. right um right. i think our, our suppliers are some of them are from australia we have a few from new zealand okay the fish we get it from singapore actually the fish mm. is like the 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 main protein that we get from singapore and we love getting it from singapore because there is this sustainable barramundi farm just off the coast of Jurong. 
Oh. And yes, it's great. We even went to visit. Um, it's just off the coast of Jurong, and they managed to kill the fish and deliver it to you within like 12 hours. So, so it's, it's great. very fresh. It's yeah. very, very yeah. fresh. Yeah. So when you're at Sideways, yeah. try the Barmondi because it's very fresh. We get it twice a week in a nice ice box mm-hmm. with a dead fish inside and then we cook it. But that means that it's maximum two, three days old. And we always keep it like on ice. So it's yeah. fresh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know what I'm going to have the next yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Try the Barmondi. <laughs> Okay, so um, tell us about, tell the listeners and me about um, the decor, because I remember you saying that um, it was your partner who really, so did both of you sort of conceptualize what um, that space was going to look look like together, (sighs) or... Did you conceptualize it together? Not really. I'd love to say yes. I'd love (laughs) to say it was a joint effort, but actually it was all him. Um, because I am better at organizing the existing space rather than designing an empty space. Right. While since he has a lot more experience with carpentry and and the the electrics and designing things, he also has the better ideas of how it should look. Okay. So I would love to say that I had a part to play, but really, I didn't. No. Okay, so, yeah. So, but, I, I mean, the, the main idea was yeah. our space is already so striking right. and so beautiful. We don't want to overdo it with colors or textures or elements that are going to take the focus away. So, so that's yeah, why we kept it. Because I've noticed that there's a, a lot of blue and gray if i recall correctly yes yeah, there so. is there is actually accents of turquoise oh. copper and gray copper yes. and gray because okay. we have um so our lighting feature we have a main pipe that is just literally a water pipe that goes across the restaurant lengthwise okay and it's a copper water pipe with filament bulbs sticking out of it And that is an upcycled pipe. Right. And then the tables are all made of grey concrete. Yeah. And those are also homemade because we didn't find a table that looked nice because everything either looked too new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like, you know, like the laminated wood, etc. It looked very new. Yeah. Or using wood would have looked too much Ikea. Yeah. And also because of your brick walls, I yes. feel that uh, it would the have more rustic, too, yes. the better. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. So that's why instead we wanted to give it to, co- to complement the, the warm, nice bricks with yeah. like cold, grey concrete to give it the, the difference between yeah. warm yeah. And, and cold. Yeah, which is what makes, you know, it, like when you enter, my first impression when I came to Sideways was the warmth. Yeah. yeah, and also um, the fact that it's refreshing to see something not so perfect, clear cut, perfect, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so kind of planned. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, of course. And look, that, that's why we wanted the space to look like that because yeah. we were also sick of Singaporean places that just look plain. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payo, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Some of them, they really 
just do look plain. Yeah. They look, you know, straight out of a magazine. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like real. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a soul. It feels like, you know, it's impeccably designed and yeah. impeccably maintained and all. Yeah. But I'm not looking for per- Especially if per- it's a cafe. Perfection. You know, if yeah. you know, no, I get it. Yeah. I'm not looking yeah. for perfection when I go out. I'm looking for something that's different. I'm looking yeah. for something that's going to intrigue me yeah. and and make me keep looking around. Not just something where you give it a look and it's like, oh, that's that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has to be a combination of what you see, um, you know, the experience of how. You are welcomed at the restaurant. Um, the food, the yeah. flavors, yeah. the textures. Yeah. I think a combination everything, of all of that everything makes, makes the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. This is also part of my training with um, with our staff, with the girls, as I call them, because it's mostly women, um, where I always tell them, people come here and we have to give them the holiday experience. Yeah. So if the in, decor... In the heart of... A yes. city, right? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true because people come to, like, why do you go out to a restaurant? I mean, sometimes it's because you're hungry and you need food. But more often than not, you go to a restaurant because you want to have a different experience yeah. together with your loved one or with your friends. And yeah. you want to experience something. Yeah. Yeah. So how sad is it when you go to a restaurant and then the person that's at, at the front just asks you, table for how many? You know, without yeah. saying a hello, without yeah. saying anything else yeah. it feels very impersonal very impersonal you know just like you're you're like a number in a, in a sequence yeah. to to go through and nothing more than that yeah so yeah. whenever whenever we work and whenever we train our staff we always try to instill in them this culture of i don't know how to call it it's really just 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 friendliness i would say because yeah. i really teach the staff to be friendly yeah you know Every the solution to every problem is what would you do if this was your friend? You know, what would you do if your friend came to your house and he's done eating? What would you do? You would offer him something else. You would ask him, Hey, are you still hungry? Would you like another cup of tea? Right. That's what you would do with a friend. So that's the same thing you should do in the restaurant, you know? And if you see that someone is like having a having a sexy date and they don't wanna be disturbed then don't just disturb them, you know, just <laughs> yeah. leave them alone. Yeah. yeah. Keep refilling and the also, wine. I and... think, yeah, and I also feel that it's important for um, the people who are working at the restaurant to know um, the food which is being served. Because, Absolutely. you know, I find a lot of places here, um, they're just so robotic. You know, that they don't really, they're not able to explain to you. They say, oh, yeah, sorry. It's like going to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, so um, they have to, in fact, the art of being able to talk about and suggest and ask, um, you know, your guests, what do they prefer? And then give them a very valid suggestion, which would blend with what they're looking for. Yeah. I think, you know, that kind, if that's the kind of training that you are uh, providing to your team, then I think that's fantastic. No, the training that I'm providing to them is making everyone spend time in the kitchen. So everyone, no matter what their job is, 
knows how to almost everyone knows how to make a good cup of coffee right. in a restaurant whether right. they work at the in the bar or in the kitchen right and also everyone that works in the bars or front of house knows how to prep food for the kitchen they know how to plate it also so that you know during busy times they can jump back into the kitchen and give the kitchen a hand to like finish plates quicker but also so that they know what to say about our food because obviously they they all eat it but when you prepare it then you really do know is this vegetarian does this have flour because you've you've made it and that is like the best way to learn yeah 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 so um what so do you have a lot of uh, your i mean other than your friends do you have a lot of your guests who keep coming back we do you do so we do and okay. it's and it's great and then it, they it become your friends me. right exactly it humbles <laughs> yeah. me every time yeah. someone even honestly even just every time that a stranger comes into the restaurant i'm always like surprised because for me my my our restaurant is just a labor of really passion for love for right. food, sorry, love for food <laughs> yeah. and love for just just having a good time. Yeah. We really just created that restaurant so that people could have a good time there. Like we would like to go there if right. it wasn't if, our if, restaurant, if was, you yeah. know. Yeah. So yeah. every time a stranger comes in, I'm like, wow, I need to give them a great experience now. And obviously, things don't always go well, um, but I think it's important to just own up to your mistakes and just you know just be honest with people because the number of times where ah you know the kitchen sent the wrong dish to the wrong table or an order was like lost in translation and an item was late it happens you know we're all human yeah but at the same time it's it's no big deal i think if you tell people honestly what's going on and then it also creates the opportunity to just really to break the ice with yeah. someone and yeah. you know just go like hey guys i'm really sorry but you know this happened can i make it up to you or you know i hope everything else is going well etc yeah. so Absolutely. so yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. true that people that come back definitely become our friends but i think that even there you know it's it's all about service and making sure that people that come for the first time yeah they have a good experience yeah and a good experience in my mind is when all expectations are aligned. So when the food is aligned with the decor, when the service is aligned with everything else, when everything is aligned, then yeah. people have a good experience. Yeah. If something is misaligned, so either the food is not so great, but the service is great, then it's like, oh, I'm coming back. Yeah. So everything needs to be like aligned and communicate the same message. Yeah. And the message is that Sadwiz is a wood-fired, casual restaurant, where you have a nice time and a lot of fun. Yeah. So if any element is out of sync, out of, out of sync, yeah. then people don't have a good experience. Yeah. And then they don't come back. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah, that's and, very important. And then too. they don't recommend you to their friends or Because we have yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, why that door? Because, you know, it's... <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it opens sideways? Yeah, oh my God. Um, and it's, it's not easy to, you know, you really need heavy, to have a lot yes. of strength to... So you didn't want to change it? No, definitely okay. not. We loved it. Actually, when we first took over, the door was... Um, so right now, the door has a metal frame, but yeah. then 
two glass panels inside so yeah. that the light can come in yeah. And, yeah. and people can see inside. Yeah. Yeah. However, when we first took over the property, the door was all completely a big two meter tall sheet of rusted metal. And it really wasn't ideal. It was even heavier. It was even louder because it really makes the screechy noise when, yeah. you, when, you, when you open it. Um, and it was just really dark. So then we spent one night to cut the metal off and then install the glass back on. So I think we were without, like with an open door for like a night or two, because yeah. it takes time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, then, but then we fixed it and we definitely wanted to keep it opening sideways. One, um, a matter of space really, because our space is not very big. It's quite nice and cozy. And if you have a door that swings inward then you would have less space yeah. for for people yeah um so there's that and also we thought that it was gonna and be also funny I think it's to got keep a, a sideways door yeah you know? it's got a charm to it's it cute. as well yeah yeah no absolutely <laughs> yeah stay with it don't yeah. Don't, oh, don't yeah don't. definitely we're not installing a, an automatic door. No. <laughs> what's next um, because you did mention that uh, there is another, is it a restaurant or a cafe coming up? Both at the same time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so my, my partner, um, so while I'm going to focus on sideways, sideways. for the yeah. time being, just yeah. because I want to make sure that, you know, that everything keeps running well, so I'll be mostly stationed at sideways. Okay. My partner, who never seems to be tired and never seems to be like out of ideas, right? He is launching a place in the business district, okay? Soon, okay? Um, soon, I mean, November 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and he built another oven because I think once you start cooking food in a wood fired oven, you can't go back to a regular yeah. electric oven because yeah. it's just so soulless and the yeah. flavors are not as not as intense and yeah. not as developed so he yeah. built another place with a wood-fired oven the concept is going to be a bit more fast casual because right. in the city so yeah. you know people expect a bit more speed yeah. a bit yeah. more a bit higher turnaround time yeah plus it's in collaboration with ufit um the yeah. the gym and yeah. health company yeah so all food will have to be a bit more geared towards that okay. not that we usually cook our food in lard yeah. and salt yeah we yeah. don't like that because yeah. we find it it's just very heavy and it's not it doesn't make you happy you yeah. know when you eat very heavy food yeah. you're not happy you yeah. just want to sleep yeah you feel bad. sluggish yeah you're absolutely. like oh i have yeah. a food baby yeah you know so we we always try to keep our food healthy even though and it's, you know, also it's not this salad. whole concept of you know small portions um is great because then yeah you're you're not obliged you, no, know, you don't you see can have so as much, much as you want yeah and you don't see so much food on the table and say oh my god i have to eat it all you know yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely no, I, I get and, that yeah. and both me and my partner we always prefer having for a small thing rather than a huge mountain of you yeah. know sausages because like it gets boring to eat yeah. the same thing yeah. after yeah. a while totally. so it's always better to have variety rather than quantity yeah yeah i agree yeah great so on that note thank you so much uh for being on the melting pot and i'm sure you know when 
a few months later, I'm sure we'll kind of regroup and um, I bet you'll have more stuff to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. With There's always ways. funny things going on in restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And so that should be probably a separate podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. with all the funny stuff that oh, happens. Yeah. I mean, but, then, but then I don't want customers to listen to it because <laughs> I think, you know, if they know, then they're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be like a podcast, but open only for other people that work in restaurants because yeah. then we all know what goes on behind yeah. the scenes yeah. but yeah. we don't want customers to know <laughs> yeah. yeah I can imagine anyway thanks so much and we'll speak to you soon thank you all my Singapore listeners and those who are visiting or even likely to visit Singapore from any other part of the world, do make your way sideways or otherwise to Sideways, which is a wood-fired restaurant and bar and uh, the address is 109 Rowell Road, Little India. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hope you've enjoyed the chat as much as I did. This is Pyle signing off until the next episode of Melting Pots. 